Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big, and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the founder of Create Tailwind and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. I'm Jim Oliver, and with me today, co-host Nick Costco. Nick, welcome back, buddy. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. So, you know, uh, Nick, over the last few weeks with the holidays and everything, we've talked about the go-giver. We've talked about goals and um, kind of we're setting all this up for 2019 in the podcast direction for the rest of the year to and, 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 and uh, we're setting it up. So understand we're going, we know where we're going. We're going to share that today. Uh, but the strangest secret, which just came out um, as well, was the last episode. And hopefully you all uh, folks enjoyed that because I'll tell you what, it's a super powerful and, uh, and one of my favorite uh, audios. Um, so Nick, today we're going to kind of set up and talk about what we're going to be talking about for the future of the podcast as we break it down over the next um, handful or, or a couple handfuls of episodes. Now, the number one thing everybody wants, whether they realize it or not, is they want financial freedom, right? That's right. Versus what the kind of uh, herd mentality of retirement. We like to say that retirement, what's the definition of retirement, Nick? Removed from service. That's right. So we don't want to be removed from service. I mean, you might take, you know, you might retire your, you know, your lawnmower or you might retire your car, but we don't want to be removed from service. And, you know, it's kind of like the example that we use is climbing a mountain. Is you're climbing a mountain, that's the accumulation phase of your life. And most people think, well, my goal is to get to the top of the mountain, but it's really not. We explain, and and there's uh, uh, there's some uh, partners of ours that explain this really well with visuals that it's the distribution or getting down the mountain safely that matters. Sure. Now that's the retirement model. You climb the mountain and then you descend the mountain. You accumulate money and then you live off that for the rest of your life, and you hope that you don't run out of money. We also like to say hope is not what strategy hope is not a strategy so why would you ever want to come down from the mountain wouldn't we want to just keep on ascending and our wealth just keep growing and um and our freedom keep on you know our, our financial freedom continue to grow kind of um, like uh, interrupting our compounding like when yeah, we retire exactly that's yeah. that's a great point great observation nick now Again, you know, sometimes my kids say to me, you know, well, all you talk about is money, 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 money. <laughs> it's probably well, what my friends, that's probably what my friends are living, uh, kids. But there's a reason for that is money gives you choices and choices give you freedom. Freedom. So when I always tell them when I'm talking about money, I'm really talking about freedom. Freedom to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Not retirement. So if I'm going to go to work tomorrow, I will. If I don't, I won't. That's being financially free. It's, you know, it's funny. It's funny, Jim. Yeah. When we talk about retirement and freedom, 
okay, if I told you you were on a fixed income, would you say that you were free? Fixed doesn't sound like free to me. No, but that's exactly what, you know, I hear my dad say it. I, I always laugh and he's, he says it in a funny way, but uh, he's, he's uh, being serious. He's on a fixed income in, yeah. in retirement after he did the, the traditional, traditional way. And he's got so much that, it, you know, his system says that he can take every month. Well, you know, your pops is happy if he can do his hot yoga in the morning. I mean, your pops <laughs> is a wise man. He's the only guy in that yoga class every morning doing hot yoga. That's and right. um, I know he's one of the healthiest guys uh, 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 because of that, doing the inflexible, I'm sure. So, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, from a retirement standpoint, sometimes, you, you know, you, you, you don't get a do-over. So if, if you've already done it and you're in retirement, you can still have some freedom and you can still build this, these cash flow systems. That's but right. you haven't made it to, re to retirement yet and you haven't been taken out of service, then you know, let's talk about financial freedom. And let me just kind of define what I would see as you want your cash flow, your passive income, to be greater than your ideal standard of living. Yeah. Now, whatever your ideal standard of living is, right? Now, by the way, you have to write this down. If you didn't get this from the goals or from the um, strangest secret, you have to know what you want. Yeah. Then you got to know why you want it. Well, I want it for freedom. I want it for less stress in my life to know that I have money coming in whether I go to work tomorrow or not. Yeah, can you really can you really unplug out on that uh, on your boat or on a camping trip or or whatnot when you've got uh, you know the volatility of the traditional looming over you? You know, I I couldn't, which is why people that decide that they want to do the stock market, and we have clients that decide they want to do the stock market, and we have clients that are doing the traditional things. But you have to take some of your money, and you have to guarantee those distribution or income flows um, or income streams. And we're going to actually have somebody come on and talk about that. He's an expert in that uh, particular area of how to build guaranteed income streams. Yeah. Because I don't believe that 100% of your money can be in the stock market and that you're hoping that you don't run out of money. Um, sure. You just can't. It just can't be that way. But that brings us really, Nick, into the how. And this is, by the way, um, in these and, and additional um, sectors, we're going to have we're going to have a discussion and an overview about these uh, subjects. And then we're going to have experts on that are actually doing this and will help you literally how to implement from day one, how to implement some of these ideas where we're going to give you an overview just so that you kind of understand what the, the expert's going to talk about. Then they're going to give you um, particular examples or um, real life examples of how to do this. So it's yeah. going to be that kind of model. It's going to be a, an overview and then a guest. And then thrown in there are clients of ours that are actually doing this and they'll talk about their experiences. So I think for the listeners, to me, this is going to be a really cool kind of rhythm to this podcast. And let's just talk about some of the areas that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about real estate. 
Yep. We're going to talk about the stock market. And we had a very successful client come in yesterday and he said, I have a system in the stock market. I know what I'm doing. I have a system. And he's right. Now, when I said, yeah, when we talk about the stock market, we're really talking about going and hiring your New York Life guy or your Edward Jones guy or Northwestern Mutual guy to manage your money. Yep. He goes, oh, I would never do that. That's crazy. <laughs> so that's uh, <laughs> probably what he said. And uh, but he says, I have the system. I have like six stocks. They have a rhythm. I know what they're going to do. And I just kind of ride them and, and I make money. Yeah. And I said, hey, if you have a system and you are in control, that's great. But 99.9% or more of people that are invested in the stock market, they are not in control. They're hiring somebody from anywhere from, you know, 75 basis points to 2% that they are getting paid to manage your money. They are in control of your money and you're not. So one of the things that we always talk about is whoever's in control of the money makes the money. Sure. And we can show you mathematically what the impact of those fees are over, uh, to you over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Now, Nick, it always surprises me in the position we're in when I say people don't want to be in control of their money. Well, I think that it comes down to the fact that they just don't understand it. They don't understand. They understand that very little scene out there they, they don't understand how money's even created, um, you know, that, it, that synergistic relationship between the Fed, the IRS, and the Treasury. Like, what is going on? Like, explain to me that, uh, you know, market volatility. Explain to me, um, well, you know, why is that? Why, why are people nervous about the Fed raising rates? They just don't, there's no education. I was talking about this with uh, someone uh, just yesterday. And they said, um, I, I don't understand what the market volatility or is it because of, you know, the China stuff or because of the work stoppage. And I was like, well, it's more than that, you know? And so we just had a, a conversation. They've just, it's just ignorance. It's not, we're not taught it in school, right? That's right. It's like Robert Kiyosaki, you know, he's been uh, pounding for years is that we don't get financial education. And if you educate yourself, then you have, I mean, he even wrote a book about it, an unfair advantage, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's really what we want to bring to you in this podcast is an unfair advantage. And, and just like Nick touched on is it's not that people don't want to be in control. They don't know what to do. And if they don't know what to do, then they don't do anything or they hire somebody else to do it for them. And, um, you know, that's, that's really interesting because really what they need is a guide or a coach. Yeah. Because if, if somebody is doing what you want to do and you hire them or you follow their lead or you follow their blueprint and do what they did and make your improvements and make your tweaks to it, then would you do it? So that's, that's part of what we're going to bring. So we got real estate, the stock market, you know, businesses, and I remember one time I had a client and um, she didn't have a lot of money in her retirement um, nest egg, but she had enough money to buy a hot dog stand that she was going to go sell hot dogs um, at the beach in San Diego. Okay. Now, I didn't know people in, in San Diego ate hot dogs, Nick, but 
Maybe they were tofu. I don't know. No. <laughs> but actually what she did is she bought this hot dog stand and she made a killing and she loved it because she liked to talk to people. Yeah, and, cool. and so she bought this little business. So it could be something like that. It could be, I'm going to go out and buy uh, franchises of McDonald's or, you know, Chick-fil-A is coming on strong or, you know, one of those things. Uh, sure. Or it could be strip malls. It could be, uh, you know, a commercial real estate type of business. And then the last one that's really kind of unknown for a lot of people is lending, you know, peer-to-peer -peer lending or buying notes, um, you know, et, et cetera. And we're going to literally, th this one, we're going to have a little bit, we're going to go in a little bit more detail because most people just don't know anything about this is we're gonna have some authors that have written books about this. We're gonna have some experts that are doing this. And you know, folks, we might not go just in exact order, but we're gonna get the right expert on at the right time. And, and we wanna get the best people on the podcast that we can to help explain all this to people and how you can use, how you can use these strategies to become financially free in your life. Yeah, it's the uh, the wealth building strategies of the rebellious and unconventional, right? That's exactly what it is. And, <laughs> and, and the reason that we're rebellious and unconventional is that we're going to educate ourselves and we're not going to be part of the herd. We're going to break away. That sounds yep. like pro, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, go ahead, I'm sorry. It's just about educating ourselves. And it's really what, what I think you'll find about all of these things um, all these topics is they're really not that complicated. Um, there, there's a reason why people are getting say a 40% return on something. Um, it's not that it's, you know, um, um, that much risky. It's just that those deals are going on out there. Um, and there's a way to do it to protect yourself. You don't right. have to, you don't have to lock your money up in prison for maybe four or 5%. Um, <laughs> For the same amount of risk um, as getting 40%. Or yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So it just comes down to educating. Um, it, hey, listen, we know that there's a vast majority of people or, or a, a good, a good chunk of people that are simply uninterested. But um, for the rest of us that are willing uh, to behave differently, the information's out there. We're going to point you in the direction. Um, there's plenty of free resources out there. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll cite all those as we go. When, so when we think about that, we think about all the things that people look at, it's also kind of the reason that people tend to not own their own business. Now, Nelson says you want to be in two businesses, what you do to make money and the banking business. Yep. Now we're adding this other business, the real estate business or, that, uh, the, or the notes business or buying businesses or the stock market business. And by the way, if you're in the stock market, you need to run it like a business. Yeah. And we're going to talk about how infinite banking ties into some of these things or all of these things, because infinite banking is really just using your bank instead of somebody else's and you controlling the money pool and the banking function in your life instead of letting somebody else do it. But let's remember that we're approaching this like a business owner. So okay. every business owner, you've got to have some things in place before you get in business. One is you have to imagine the end goal. I mean, like, what is it that you want from your real estate business? Let's just use real estate as our example here, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Dive into that. 
Okay. So you have to imagine, what does it look like? You have commercial properties, do you have single family, multifamily, what, what, yeah. what do you like? Yeah, I, I, I've been attracted to looking at multifamily and multi-commercial stuff. I've, I've bought single family. Um, when I look at single family right now, I, I'm not as attracted to it. And what attracts me about the multifamily uh, or the multi-commercial is just simply the economies of scale. Within sure. So what does that mean? Right? Right. So, you know, and by the way, that if you were on the coast and you could buy a property and you knew that it was going to appreciate like crazy, like maybe in California or Florida or, you know, maybe Texas or some of these different markets, then you're, then you're, then you might imagine your real estate business looking different than it does. Sure. We have some clients that are flippers, you know, in the right market. That makes a lot of sense. But the number one thing, again, that most people never figure out, and this goes back to our goals podcast, is you have to have, what's the goals? What are the financial targets or goals that you want? Yeah. Do you, right? do you need 10000 in passive income a month or is it $2,500? Our, our, our new 18-year-old client, um, to, to meet his expenses right now, he only has to probably have $2,000 a month. If right. Now, by the way, you want your ideal standard of living because he might be financially free at, at his age. <laughs> That's right. No spouse and no uh, kids and everything else, but his ideal might be a lot different. And I've heard people say $10,000 a month, $100,000 a month. And I just heard a client say, I need $5 million after taxes per year. Okay. That's a big one there. Right. And so, but there's a path to it. Huh? but there's a path to it. There is absolutely a path to it. If that's what your goal is, there is a path to it. And again, you got to imagine it, you got to see it, vision it. And then you, then you have those goals, you write them down, get them on paper. And then what's your target cash flow? Like I just said, is it 10, a hundred, is it 5 million a year? And then here's the part that is it's reality time is where are you now? Yeah. Okay, so if I'm at zero, and I want to go to $100,000 a month, okay, I have to accept I'm at zero. Yep. And this is where I'm going to go. Now I have kind of my numbers. I know what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. This is what I'm interested in. <clears throat> so then your mission, your vision, and your values. Okay. Your mission, your vision, and your values, because some people might say, well, I don't, I'm not going to be a slumlord. I'm, I mean, you know, what is, again, that's a nasty word, but you know, I might think that, hey, I want low income housing because I want to provide to, to yep. that market affordable housing. Yeah, solving me. their problem. Solving their problem. And, you know, if the government pays their rent or they pay their rent, you know, that's not my concern. I mean, it might, I mean, hey, you know what? I mean, the government uh, most of the time pays their bills, right? So, I mean, I might want the government to pay their rent. But, but I am solving a problem. You know, I own some businesses that have warehouses and factories. And one of the reasons is because I worked in a, in a casket factory when I was 13. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I saw the people and I really liked the people that worked in the factory. So I like to provide jobs in a, in a healthy and happy environment for, for that. So that comes down to my values and my mission you know, that, I, that, that is part of what I want. And 
Okay, so once I have that, I kind of have my mission, my vision, my values, then what's my niche going to be? Sure. Now, we really know that, uh, that one of the things that I just uh, was uh, amazed by growing up in Los Angeles is there's so many businesses that you never would have thought that that was a business. Sure. People. So let's take the casket factory. I worked for McIntyre Manufacturing, Dwayne McIntyre, who's passed, um, um, but he, he, he was a great man. He uh, adopted a lot of children. He lived in Palos Verdes. He sent all of his children to Pepperdine University, which was just a passion of his. But, you know, he owned the business. That's okay. got, that got me interested in, hey, I'm swinging a hammer for eight hours a day, and Mr. McIntyre is coming in, making sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Then he's going off and uh, um, doing whatever he wanted to do for the day. Sure. Um, so, but having that niche, there could be a lot of niches. I might want to own the, uh, uh, the, you know, the drive-through, um, real estate market in Louisville, Kentucky, right? I might want to own the self-storage, climate-controlled self-storage in Bonita Springs, Florida, right? Yeah, the laser focus as you're getting started, uh, is, is important. You know, you can be a, a big spotlight. And it's difficult to get traction when we operate like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, educating yourself saying, hey, I'm going to evaluate, um, you know, what's the, what are the pros and cons of single family versus, you know, multiplexes up to 20 units or something like that. Yeah. And you just find that, hey, my, the way that I like it, I'm attracted to the economies of scale. So all the only way I'm going to evaluate a deal is if it's got at least three units in it. And then... Mm-hmm. And you become an expert in your niche, right? That's right. Because then you can play that game so well that the competition doesn't even know there's a game going on and you want to get to that. And then you can can scale, you can, you can figure out what we're going to talk about, you know, with, with the partnerships, but you can scale from that. You can take that model that you built to become an expert in that and take it to another niche. Right. And maybe somebody else, then you get into collaboration because you have somebody else that has expertise in a certain area and then you collaborate with them to create something even greater and that becomes another niche and then another niche. And that's how you get 100x type of growth, you know, 10x and then eventually 100x type of growth is with collaboration not being the, as, as Dan Sullivan would call the rugged individualist, right? You got to know what your unique ability is. And, you know, I was listening to uh, a Dan Sullivan podcast and um, one of the things I've struggled with, you know, there's, you know, certain things in strategic coach that, that I haven't been able to just really master. And one of the things was the no office solution. And I heard Dan say to you today that his, he works in his, in strategic coach headquarters, he works out of the cafeteria, like it's a cafe. And, And the reason was, is he said, I always felt like I was very effective in a cafe. So why not have all of my meetings in a cafe and I don't want to go to a cafe. So I'll just have it right here in the office. In the interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, my point to that is unique ability is is that yeah. you have a unique ability and so have that niche right yeah okay so then the criteria 
is, and then the criteria is, you know, your, your step-by-step plan. And that's when you're going to get down to your tasks. We would maybe use something like Trello, or we would use something like the strategy circle or something to say, okay, who's going to do what by when exactly what the task is. And then who's the team? Who's your team? I think this is really, really important is who's your team. It could be your property manager. It could be your, your coach of how do I fund these things? How do I um, put it all together? And, and you cannot be an expert in everything. Yeah. But you need to find other people that have unique abilities different than yours and hire them or collaborate with them. We just did this this week, right? Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we just gave part of our business that we've invested in that we're going to continue to invest in part of our business to a young guy who's going to come in and be a partner with us. Yeah. And I feel great about it. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, Earl, Earl Nightingale said the, uh, um, the, the laws of laws of nature are uh, unnegotiable. Okay. Right. And, and you know, what's unnegotiable is there's only 168 hours in the week. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> so right. if you can, if you can scale that two, three, four times with people's skill sets, their unique abilities, then then you can take like if you had three people, you know, one plus one plus one may be greater than three in terms of the output that we could have. Yep, yep. Um, and you know, Nick, you're you're exactly right. I mean, that's that's how you get to hundred x. You know, um, and that's how Dan Sullivan would tell you to get to hundred x is through collaboration. And, um, and it, it, it's, uh, I'm seeing that so many of uh, my businesses right now, and um, we just had the uh, uh, Consumer Electronics Show, and our director of sales was just out in Vegas, yeah. developing these collaborations for one of our businesses. And, cool. and, it, it, and it went amazingly well, because you know what, people want to collaborate. Absolutely. They, they want to collaborate. And uh, so, okay. So one of the things that we try to show people is where do you find the money? How do you control the money? And yep. what's the most efficient way? So we're going to give you the kind of wrap up this episode is yep. we're going to walk through why you, the, why you want a guide and a coach and, and somebody who knows how to do this to guide you through buying real estate. Because you might have some cash sitting there and you think, well, should I just pay cash for that property? Because then I don't have any debt on it. I don't have any uh, a debt drag on my investment. Well, would that be a good idea? Yeah. So I'm gonna walk you through verbally something that is in the notes. So it's three pages in the notes that you can grab and, and, it, and it really is a real estate calculator. And I'm gonna oversimplify this on purpose because I want you to see the effect. Okay, so the first slide is I'm gonna go buy a $200,000 property for cash. It's gonna cost me 200 grand plus $5,000 closing costs. Okay. And let's just say, Nick, for an example, this is a commercial property and it's going to cash flow $2,500 a month. Okay. Now, by the way, I don't care if somebody thinks that's realistic, not realistic. I mean, it, it is realistic in a commercial setting. 
and um, and and um, but I'm not going to add in all of my expenses. But I'm not also not going to put in depreciation or anything else. I'm just going to look at some basic numbers. So I'm going to buy it for two hundred thousand. It's going to cash flow twenty five hundred dollars. Make sense? Yep. I follow. Okay. Now I'm going to analyze this at ten years. So in the top right corner, you'll see the circle where it says 120 months, 3% property appreciation. Okay, so if you're on the West Coast or you're on the East Coast and you think, oh my gosh, I'd never buy that property, just know I'm trying to make this really simple and easy and for everybody, meaning yeah. somebody in the Midwest, 3% is probably uh, pretty accurate. Okay. Okay, so I put $205,000 into the deal and I net 2,500 bucks a month and the future value of the property in 10 years is 269,000. That's my cash out. Okay. That means that my rate of return for that time period with my cash out is 16.12%. Okay. So by the way, Nick, if I could buy this deal instead of putting $200,000 in my um, stock market account and, or my mutual fund or my 401k, I could put it in this then I don't think there's anybody out there that would think that their ROR at 16.12 would is possible in the stock market over a long period of time, right? Correct. Okay, so, but most people aren't gonna buy real estate like that. What they're gonna do is they're gonna use the bank's money. They're gonna leverage the bank's money, use OPM, other people's money. Hey, wait a so, second, wait, yeah. wait a second. You touched on something and yeah. I just want, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I kind of want to just, we're, and we're going to talk about this more later, but about having, Hey, this may not, you, you're already, someone could be putting their, the brakes up about, Hey, I don't want to buy real estate because I don't understand it. And it sounds like a lot of work. Just remember the people on your team could yield you this type of return and you not even know where the address is. Right. Okay. You know, your microphone is, is wavering a little bit, just the FYI. Okay. Uh, it sounds better if you maybe maybe you were just getting a little too excited there and moving around a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but go ahead go ahead with your point because it's a great one. No, it is about having the people on your team that are going to allow you to go camping, uh, to go fishing, to go on the bike rides, um, so that you don't have to worry about it. You're not you're not worrying about the phone ringing with the with the backed up toilet. There's ways to do this um, by putting together the team. Yeah. So that you can get this uh, rate of return, yet have freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great point. So, and again, yeah, when we say real estate, we could be evaluating other things just like that with the same type of calculator or the state, same type of calculations. Yeah. Okay. So the next example is I decide that I don't want to use all of my money. I want to use some of the bank's money. And yeah. so let's assume that I could get a loan, 80% loan to value. So I still have my $200,000 property. I've still got $5,000 of, um, of closing costs. And I'm going to have a loan of, um, I'm going to have a loan of $160,000, right? Yeah. I'm going to pay my 5,000 closing costs out of pocket plus my down payment of the 20%. And I'm going to just make the math easy. It's 5% loan and it's commercial loan, um, 24 or um, 20 years, 240 months. My payment's 1,056. Okay. Still have the same cash flow, still the same um, analysis period, so, same appreciation. But if you notice, my down payment went down to 45 grand, but also my monthly after 
uh, my monthly income after expenses went to uh, uh, $1,444, okay? My, my, my cash flow, I mean my cash out, I'm sorry, is 170,000, not 269. But look what happened to my rate of return. Sure. It more than doubled, almost tripled. Yeah. Now why? Well, because I had less of my money in the deal. That's right. I'm leveraging somebody else's money, so I'm increasing my rate of return by not using as much of my money. But, but Jim, that might, but then there's risk involved, right? I gotta pay that bank, right? And that, doesn't that complicate matters? I mean, why would I wanna do that? Well, you're not paying the bank, Nick, <laughs> right? That's right. If, if I would let you use my money to go buy something and whatever you were buying, the people that were gonna use that, they were gonna pay me and you didn't have to, then what risk is it to you? Of course, it's very little. Right, and, and you know, the house could burn down, right? But what would we have? Yeah, in we'd have insurance. A tree could fall on it, but that's another story. That's a, that's a, that's a personal inside joke to Nick because Nick, Nick made about uh, his rate of return in that box would have been about uh, infinite because yeah. of something that happened to him that I'll let him tell maybe, maybe uh, uh, later in the, in the podcast. Okay. So everybody follow. All we're doing is using the bank's money 80% of the project. Hey, and here's another thing. Yeah. Since you used, instead of using 200,000 of your cash, you only used 40,000 of your cash. Yeah. Now you have 160,000 to go expand your holdings to capture opportunity in another way to scale. You, you can create economies of scale there. So now you could have done five of these projects is what you're saying, right, Nick? That's right. And so if you look at risk from that perspective, let's say I had five of them. For those of you that don't know what I mean when I say economies of scale is if I have five buildings, five tenants, okay, if I lose one tenant, well, I only lost 20% of my revenue. But if I had the one building and I lost that one tenant, well, I just lost 100% of my revenue. So it, it's your ability to weather uh, the storm, so to speak, if there is one, uh, it's the ability to scale your holdings. Like if I could buy one property in one little spot, well, hey, appreciation is a nice component of real estate investing, right? But it's right. not the it's not the first way that I'd want to buy. I'm going to buy on cash flow, but it's nice to get the appreciation. So if I took a gamble on just one property, well, then I'm hoping that just that one property, that one little spot appreciates. But if I had five over, say, five different communities or five different parts of town, well, now I'm probably more likely to capture some, some appreciation is how I view it. Absolutely. I mean, that, that, that makes 100% sense. Another way to think about this deal is if I do the second example and I leverage the, the bank's money and use other people's money, the bank, yeah. my cash out, if I used all $200,000. So I did, I did um, five projects instead of one. Okay. Under the same exact parameters, my cash out would be 850,000 okay. versus 269,000. That's yeah. why my rate of return is 41% instead of 16%. But yeah. If I'm going to get 41%, do I want to get 41% on 40,000 or do I want to get uh, 41% on 200,000? 
Yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer, right. Okay, now to the next really exciting part of it, page three. All right, so I understand infinite banking. I've been doing it for a long time. I've been coaching hundreds, thousands of people nationwide how to do it. Yep. When I go do real estate, I don't want to use any of my money, Nick. What I'm going to do is I'm going to use the insurance company's money. Okay, sounds right. good. Because now for people that don't know, that don't do infinite banking, is that when I take a loan from my infinite banking insurance policy, I don't use my money. I get to use the insurance company's money while my money grows tax-deferred, possibly tax-free, and... I get to use as if anytime I want, I don't have to tell them why or anything else. So yep. I call up, I call up Kelly and I say, Hey Kelly, I need a $40,000 loan okay. for my insurance policy. Okay. But I'm honest banker. So now I'm going to set that up just like the bank was going to charge me. So now okay. let me run through my deal. Make hey, sure. Wait a second. I, wait yeah. a second. Did Kelly ask you when you paying that back? No. Or what are you using it for? Or hey, no. do you, can you can you uh, sign this app or anything like that? It was no, just no applications, anything. All right, no FICO. Show me the money. Show me the money. All right, uh, cool. All my right. wife's favorite movie, by the way, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> uh, Top Gun might be. Uh, no, don't go there. Uh, all right, so I got two hundred thousand dollar property, five thousand okay. dollars closing costs, and now in my example, I'm going to pay the closing costs out of pocket. Okay. And I'm going to talk about that at the end. Yep. And so then I still have my loan with the bank, 160,000, 5%, 240 months. There's my payment, 1,056. And then I have the second mortgage okay. that I'm setting up with the insurance company. Now, I in the first mortgage, the bank determined those parameters. In the second mortgage, I determined those parameters. Okay. But I'm a... But I'm a um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a good student of Nelson Nash, and Nelson says that if the bank were going to charge me that and I'm willing to pay the bank that, then I should yep. pay myself that and be honest banker. So yep. I'm going to take $40,000 loan from my insurance policy, 5%, 240 months, and there's my payment, $264. Yep. I still have the same cash flow, but now my mortgage payments have gone up, right, from 1056 to 1320 same evaluation period, my cash flow has gone down, my cash out's gone down, Yep. right? But my rate of return went through the roof. Yep. 370%. Now, why? Well, I have even less of my money in the deal. Right. I only have five grand in the deal. Yeah, and you could... You could have used the insurance company's money for that, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, I want to, yeah. Because by the way, guys, if I took a $45,000 loan to pay everything, then what's my rate of return? It's infinite. Because I have yeah. no money in this deal. Now think about this, Nick. Let's just use the 5,000 for a minute. Yep. How many of these deals could I do? Because I got 200 grand, remember? Yeah, sure. You, I mean, you could do 40 of them. 40 of them. So 146,000 times 40 is 5.8 million, according to my math. 
I'm just glad that uh, for whatever reason, I did the 200,000 divided by 5,000 quickly in my head and got it right. Yeah, I'm glad you did too. I'm still- <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so now think about this, folks. I could have had a $200,000 property, $200,000 real estate portfolio. Then I could have had a, a um, now I can't remember the, the then I could have had a uh, 800,000. 800, 800, yeah. 800, I'm sorry, 800,000. Yep. Now I have a $5.8 million real estate portfolio. Yeah. That is returning me 370%. Yep. Um, now let's go back. Let's take all of this back to financial freedom. So when you, if you're sitting there thinking, hey, I'm too old to do this. Hey, I'm too young to do this. Hey, I don't have any money yet. Or I don't have enough money to do this. Think of what I just said. Sure. If I'm trying to show you a financial plan from a traditional financial planner, and you're going to make 8% on your money, and your inflation is this, and your increase in your income is this, and your and your 70% of your retirement income is this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I need 20, 30, 40 years to have a chance of hitting those goals, which still won't happen, right? With this, I can do a lot in three to seven years. Yeah, you really can. I can be a lot. Now, if I have got some money that's in prison and I can throw $2 million into this, think about my ROR, think about my financial freedom, think about my path. So when I'm starting to envision that, sure. now I'm getting excited. Are you getting excited, Nick? Absolutely, because you know why? We've been talking about this for pretty incessantly for the last month. And uh, you and I have started off the year, we're 11 days into it, and we pretty much haven't stopped um, taking action on what we've been talking about. And those around us are doing the same thing. And we're we're partnering up, um, putting together some pretty powerful teams to go capture these opportunities because we're not going to be locked up. It's infectious, too, because I was just talking to Jim Anderson a little while ago, and and, and and Jim said the same thing. I'm not sure we've ever started off the year in a more positive way than right now. And, yeah. and which is super exciting. I mean, we've we've had we had a client in that has a printing company yesterday that I'm super excited mean, because he's just a great guy, super excited to work with. We've yeah. got a doctor in Las Vegas that we're super excited. He's a retired doctor in his late 40s that is, is really got some great vision of what he's doing. And we've got all kinds of clients out there that um, we, we had a client this morning who's a, a pilot and his wife's a doctor that, man, we've got some people that are doing some cool things. Yep. Well, and here's the, here's the good thing about the community here is that, you know, those clients of ours, um, they're willing, you know, we've all, we've asked them many a times, they're willing to talk to other people yeah. Um, that are clients that are, that are just, uh, our friends that are trying to learn how to break out. Um, they're all willing. It's a very giving, uh, community that we've got going here. And, and I'm very grateful for that. And, yeah. and Hey, listen, real estate's just one way to do this. And yeah. we're just, we're just scratching the surface. We're going to have, we're going to have some guests on here that are going to share exactly what they're doing. Um, you know, they're likely to share their real numbers, uh, you know, and, Jim and I do this 
uh, we've done these types of deals before. Um, we practice what we preach, but you don't want to hear our stories uh, incessantly. That's why we're going to have these, you know, basically some third-party validation. And you guys listen to what uh, um, they're doing, their numbers, and uh, you'll hear their passion. You're not just going to hear our passion for this. You're going to hear other people's passion and excitement for it. And if you want, if you want to break free, all the information is there for you for you to tap into. You know, um, Nick, that's a great way to wrap up this, uh, this podcast. It's been fun. Yep. I hope everybody out there has gotten something out of this today. If you have questions, email us. Um, visit our website, createtailwind.com, or you can email me at jimoliver at createtailwind.com or Nick Costco at createtailwind.com or one of our, you know, and if we're not available We'll, we'll get you somebody else. Um, I mentioned Jim Anderson, Jim Anderson at uh, createtailwind.com, Steve Scholar at createtailwind.com. We've got a whole team of people to help you with these concepts. And, um, that in, and there, there are more guys that I, I don't want to give everybody in the whole firm's uh, email. So I apologize <laughs> to the ones I didn't mention. But, but my point is, is that we're here to help. And yep. we're here to help you reach your dreams and your goals and you to break away from the pack. That's our, that's, that's our mission. So thank you, Nick, for, for joining me today. Yeah, you're welcome. It's my and pleasure. Everybody who's listening and um, uh, until next week, um, have a great week and we'll give you some great ideas next week too. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.